What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 64, and today we'll be covering NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. So it'll be a full review show of all the happenings that uh, took place in the Motor Point Arena last night, Saturday the 31st of August. And uh, I've got two guest hosts with me today who I'll, I'll be introducing very, very soon. First of all, as I like to do each and every week, is to throw out our usual social media plugs. Of course, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, just simply go on to Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at withjohners underscore pod. On Instagram, you can find us there at wrestlingwithjohners. And of course, go out and find our Facebook community page. Just search Wrestling With Jonas. And if, of course, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please don't forget to hit like, hit subscribe and share and shout about the Wrestling With Jonas podcast. Uh, this is the only podcast for all of your weekly NXT and NXT UK needs. We also cover WWE pay-per-views and AEW pay-per-views. And uh, we've just recorded AEW All Out uh, with Chris Thornton. So that's in the archives. You can go out and find that. It's a very good listen. Uh, so please spread the word, tell your friends and tell your family and help to grow this podcast so that we can continue producing quality content for you guys each and every week. So back to our guests. So first of all, we've got uh, Matt Bayless. Uh, I think it's been a few weeks since we've had Matt on the podcast, but uh, welcome back to the Wrestling With Jonas podcast, Matt. Hi, John. Thanks for having me back on. I know it's been, it's been quite a while. I've been a little bit out of the loop, but uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, uh, no, it's great to have you back. And uh, David Anderson. Uh, so uh, welcome back to the podcast, David. It was only a couple of weeks ago since you were last on, but uh, thanks for joining us again. Salutations, good evening. I hope everybody's well. Excellent, excellent. So um, as I like to do uh, at the beginning of each episode, is just a bit of a recap about what uh, my guest hosts have been up to recently, wrestling shows or anything wrestling related, any sort of activity they've been up to. So uh, uh, Matt, I'm uh, going to throw it over to you. I know you say you've been a little bit out of the loop, but uh, you've, you've caught up somewhat over the last week or so. You've uh, been doing a bit of interviewing with uh, some local wrestlers or a local wrestler. Uh, give us a bit of a, a lowdown on that, mate. Yeah, I've... Um... I used to do quite a few like reviews and articles um, that used to go on a, a, another website and uh, for a different podcast. And uh, so I've been keen to get back into it. And I got offered an opportunity to get back into it recently. So um, earlier this week, I did an interview with Tom Basnett, who is um, goes by the wrestling name of TJ Sky. Uh, he also runs one of the local wrestling promotions, Wrestling in Hinkley, um, up in the Midlands and Leicestershire, where, where I am. Um, so I've known him for quite a while. Um, sort of like through his wrestling promotion. I remember seeing him in the past as a, a, as part of a tag team as well. Um, so I, I arranged to have a, a sort of a sit down and chat with him. And so we, we ended up doing quite a quite a lengthy interview, um, which has gone up on the term Babyface app in their blog section from today. Um, so I have dropped some information onto the Wrestling With Jonas Facebook page just to plug myself. Um, and uh, But yeah, you know, if you can go and have a read of that and, and sort of like any feedback is, is very much appreciated. Very good. Thanks, Matt. And uh, David, you're, you're busy as always, travelling the country, watching indie shows. Uh, I know that you were at NXT UK Cardiff with myself last night, but uh, you were also at a certain event on Friday. Tell us a little bit about that, David. Right. Revolution Pro Summer Sizzler, back in the, what I call my home promotion, usual haunt of uh, York Hall. Another uh, great evening, a mix of New Japan talent and the Rev Pro up-and-comers, and the, as well as their established roster. Lots of surprises. Um, we had a nice little uh, contract signing at the start between Minoru Suzuki and Katsuka Kada. Um, um, we had a mystery six-man scramble match, which ended up having a star-studded list of wrestlers. I'll not drop all the names in case anybody wants to watch it and not spoil it. But um, 
there was a certain member of uh, Los Ingolables in, in that match. Um, um, I think he, he wears a mask, so that might kind of like uh, drop the hint to who that is when he's coming in out of the... Well, I wouldn't really, because there's quite a few that wear a mask, and now I come to think about it. But, uh, you know, I'll let you check that one out for yourself. A fantastic match. Uh, we did have a little um, bit of an issue before that with... Um, Jonathan Gresham getting injured, but fortunately that match kind of like took, you know, there was a little bit of a downer on that, but in all in all, in all the evening was, was very good. There was a star-studded uh, tag team match with Okada and, uh, God, you can see that this is a sleep catch, I don't want to know, uh, Okada and, somebody fill me in, please, it was Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. against Okada and Tanahashi, how did I forget Tanahashi? I was, I met Tanahashi. <laughs> right, oh my God. Right, that's old age. I blame that. But yeah, that, that, lack, that, lack of that, sleep, that, David. Lack of sleep and uh, too many wrestling shows. <laughs> that, that's sur- sur- I'm old age, and uh, that, that's surreal. As it, it, you know, I mean, these are people. And, and I was just talking to somebody on the train coming back. These are people that you see on your TV screen or your computer or wherever. You know, you watch your wrestling, and you you never think in a month of Sundays that you're ever going to meet these people. They exist in a different realm, but to see. That level of talent in a you know a British wrestling ring was unreal. So as I always say, check out Red Pro whatever way you can, whether you get along to the show, whether you watch it online or whatever. Fantastic night, fantastic promotion, and I recommend it to every wrestling fan. Superb, superb. Thanks for that, guys. Um, so last night was a very special night. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, go to Cardiff and witness NXT UK TakeOver in person. It's only the second NXT UK TakeOver. The first was in Blackpool um, early January and I know David was at that show, a very special show. Um, Just trying to think, what was the name of the the, uh, venue in January uh, in Blackpool? Uh, you think you put me on the spot again here? <laughs> no, that's all right. I can't even remember right off the top of your head. But... It was uh, some ballroom, wasn't it? But uh, anyway, uh, I digress. So last night was in the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff. And uh, uh, yes, I, I, I live probably a couple of hours away from Cardiff. So I was a bit concerned about uh, not necessarily getting there, but the parking once I got there, because I know there was a big rugby game on in uh, Cardiff. Uh, the stadium yesterday afternoon, I believe it was a Wales versus Ireland international game. So I know parking was limited uh, and having done a bit of research on parking in Cardiff for yesterday in particular, I knew that uh, most parking uh, car parks where you can book in advance had sold out weeks in advance. So uh, I went to the, the biggest car park there, uh, St George's Car Park. I'm spending far too much time talking about car parks, but I found a space eventually. And once I'd parked up, I could relax and settle and, and enjoy the evening. So I met up with a few other wrestling uh, uh, journalists, Facebook, Book, uh, followers and uh, contributors to the podcast, uh, Kieran Reed and Ashley Clement, uh, went out for a bit of lunch and then queued up outside the arena, uh, soaking in all the atmosphere. And um, yeah, once I got inside, believe it or not, the very first person I bumped into was David Anderson. <laughs> I, I didn't clock in to start off with, but you were kind of sat in block A all by yourself at one point. You just kind of spotted me and called me over. So we had a, had a bit of a chat and there was a, Ashley there as well. We had a, a catch up. Uh, so that was really nice. But um, then it, it started to, to get busy in the arena. And of course, um, I was at the very back, the very last row of block A. 
Uh, which was quite good because I was right by the entrance, right by the entrance ramp, and uh, the the uh, the gantry or the announcers table was pretty much right behind me. So I uh, uh, managed to get um, a photo taken with uh, Vic Joseph, um, said hi, and had a little video photo opportunity with Nigel McGuinness, which was pretty good. And uh, also, uh, when the crowd were quiet during the event, during the, the show last night, you could actually uh, get a little bit of commentary from uh, Nigel and Vic behind me, and it was almost as if you were watching it on the TV. But uh, the, the only downside to being on the floor in block A, and especially being a you know a shorty like me, uh, was that when the action did pick up, everybody stood up um, and uh, you couldn't see very much. So uh, being by the barrier was quite good because you could hang over the side and see the ring. Uh, but uh, like I say the, the atmosphere inside the arena last night was absolutely electric. I was saying to David and Matt off air that uh, from beginning to end, it was just electric chanting singing um and uh, i think yeah the WWE when they come to the uk they know they get a diff- different atmosphere but for an event like a takeover it was uh, something different altogether and a uh, very amusing chance especially when zach gibson and james drake were in the ring and uh, uh, the chance that they ran in towards walter was very amusing i think quite a lot of it did get picked up on tv so uh, um I, I i don't i don't really think that last night's uh, takeover show could be classed as a pg effort from the wwe with all of the uh, the walter chance and uh, all the naughty language uh, but it was absolutely fantastic uh, met one or two other people there that i know including uh, one former workmate of mine and matt's um who's a, a big uh, wrestling fan um, but uh, yeah, I mean the, the, the matches were great. Um, they probably seemed better in person because you had the atmosphere around you. Um, but uh, I, I said this on the Facebook group: uh, one of the best wrestling shows I've ever been to in my 28 years of wrestling fandom. Um, definitely a thumbs up from me. But we'll talk about all the matches in detail. David, you were there as well. You were the first person I bumped into when I got into the arena. Uh, give us a bit of a, a, a fan reaction of, of your kind of atmosphere uh, before, during, after. So, how did you enjoy last night's show? It was fantastic, and as you said, the atmosphere really made it. Uh, I don't know if I conveyed the um, you know, people watching at home, but it was really lively all the way through. You know, it was a really good atmosphere that got everybody up and chanting. And uh, my only little bugbear that I had just a few yards away from yourself by the barrier was that due to not having like a slope ramp or anything like that set up, you couldn't really see any of the wrestlers as, as they came out from my vantage point. Aside from that, I, I love the you know the venue. I love the like the atmosphere of it. As I said, uh, I, I like the you know the whole takeover um, you know stage setup and whatnot. But it could have benefited, I think, from a ramp. I thought the the matches were you know uh, good to fantastic. Depending, on, there wasn't anything that you could see it was bad. It all progressed storylines. It all progressed um, you know characters and then feuds and whatnot, and helped establish a lot of wrestlers that may have been. You know, maybe overlooked by some fans, or you know, or even by people backstage who are now getting a look at them and saying, you know, wow, this this guy or girl can really go, you know, and maybe we should give these people a second look. And hopefully, like you know, now going forward, I mean, we're hearing now rumours of an NXT UK getting on their you know TV as well as like the the main US brand. So, you know, if that could happen, then maybe we'll get to see even more of these stars and we'll get more opportunities. 
Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, there were a couple of matches before the uh, the main show, of course, and they were recorded for this week's NXT UK TV show on the network. Uh, the matches were uh, Rhea Ripley versus Piper Niven, and uh, it was advertised on this week's NXT UK that Cassius Ono was going to be fighting Jack Gallagher. Now, I'm not sure what happened to Jack, uh, whether there's some sort of angle that they filmed behind the scenes that we'll see this coming Wednesday, but uh, Cassius Ono's opponent, turned out to be none other than Sid Scala. And uh, I don't mind talking about these matches now. I mean, the Rhea Ripley-Piper-Niffin match was was good. It was what you'd expect two strong, powerful, physical uh, individuals going up against one another with uh, uh, Rhea Ripley going over. But the match that really stood out to me was, was Sid Scala versus Cassius Ono. I mean, David, I don't know if you agree with me, but he had everybody everybody willing him on chanting him on and uh it, it was a real kind of scrappy underdog story um and uh yeah i would see scala wow um give him give him a bit of a run as far as i'm concerned i think he's done a, a good job as johnny saint's mouthpiece uh but uh yeah i i loved that pre-show match what about yourself yeah, definitely. I mean, he went from the um, outhouse to the penthouse, didn't he? And there was a lot of people there that like, or sort of like who when he came out, despite, yeah. you know, the fact we'd seen him on TV with um, Johnny Saint as his kind of second and more of a spokesman for him. But, um, you know, they had the match, obviously, and people were kind of, well, who's this guy in the shirt that's wrestling Cassius, where's Jack? And then by the end of the match, everybody was jumping on, up on their feet for every two count and thinking, you know, and they're shouting, Sid, 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 and, you know, you really got yourself over in that match, I mean, I was aware a little bit, and I mean, only a tiny amount of Sid um, previously when he kind of did a bit of a Del Boy gimmick on the yeah. Indies. Um, but, you know, if this is an idea of like where we're going with Sid, and, you know, if they don't capitalize on that, then they're fools because, you know, obviously the UK audience have, have got another underdog to cheer for, much in the vein of uh, former like Drake Maverick, Spud kind of character, or any of these smaller, undersized wrestlers. But, it was a really good match, and you really felt like you know he might get an upset, and, and it, it was a nice little pleasant surprise because when we didn't get Jack, we thought, well, you know, it might be a bit of a letdown or just a rush job, and that's not what the give was. So all the give were like a fairly entertaining match. Yeah, it really was, and uh, that will be uh, everybody's uh, on full view on Wednesday on the WWE Network, of course, on this uh, coming week's NXT UK. But going to the main card itself, uh, the first match of the evening was Noam Dar versus Travis Banks. So uh, Noam Dar got a, good, a really good reception from the fans in Cardiff, despite the fact that he was playing the heel in this match. Uh, it was great to see Travis in a takeover match after being ambushed by Jordan Devlin prior to his scheduled matching Blackpool in. In January, ultimately being replaced by Finn Balor, as we all know. Uh, in this match, of course, uh, Banks floors Noam Dar to the outside with a running soccer kick from the ring apron. Travis Banks then gets uh, crotched on the top rope, allowing Noam Dar to hit a clothesline from the middle turnbuckle, getting a two count in the process. After a snap mare into the ropes, Travis starts to favour his, his shoulder. Um, he, I think it was his left shoulder, which uh, Noam Dar starts to work on throughout the match. Both wrestlers trade cross-face submission holds before Dar drops Banks with a fisherman buster for another two count. Dar catches Banks off the middle turnbuckle, applying a knee bar onto his opponent. And then Noam Dar drop kicks Banks to the outside before throwing Banks into the ring steps, eventually getting a two count back inside the ring from a stiff clothesline to the back of Travis Banks' neck. 
Travis nails a, a double stomp off the middle turnbuckle, getting another two count before catching Arm Dart on the outside with a well-executed dive through the ropes. Uh, Banks does hit a slice of heaven off the barricade uh, at, at ringside, eventually getting a two count back inside the ring uh, from another double stomp. Banks goes for another slice of heaven, only for Noam Dar to cleverly kick Travis, uh, kick his feet or kick his legs out of the ropes, allowing Dar to act quick with his Nova Roller finisher, hooking the leg, getting the one, two, three, and the pinfall victory for Noam Dar. So this was a really good match to kick things off, to kick the main show off at TakeOver, and uh, a match that I honestly wasn't looking forward to or being particularly looking forward to uh, heading into it. However, I loved it, and it turned out to be a very fast-paced, uh, quite a technical back-and-forth match between these two, uh, with Noam Dar getting the victory. So uh, starting with yourself, Matt, uh, what did you think of this opening match to TakeOver Cardiff? Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. I think I was um, sort of still settling down, like the kids were playing me up at home. Um, I think my, my ongoing gimmick for today is going to be that I wasn't there. Um, and you don't, <laughs> uh, not, not jealous at all. Um, but yeah, I think there was. I think earlier in the match, it didn't really seem like it flowed all that well to me. Um, watching it on um, on my laptop, but uh, but yeah, but I think it's probably it did pick up pace, um, and then you know it, it did end up being quite a good match. Um, both these guys, I'm. Um, I'm a little bit on the fence with, um, you know, I've seen Noam Dar a lot over the years. Um, one of the first or like indie wrestling shows I went to years ago in Wolverhampton, uh, it was him against uh, Johnny Storm. Um, and you know, I thought he was really good then, but then I'm, I'm a little, you know, with other people progressing and moving on, it's, uh, you know, I'm a little bit on the fence with, with the character and everything. Um but yeah, but hopefully this is a good platform for both of them to, to kind of move on. And they've had that takeover match now and, uh, and hopefully we'll see more from them going forward. Mm, David, what were your thoughts on this opener? A million percent agree with what Matt said there. It's like, I've got, had a lot of experience of Noam Dahl matches over the years, going back to like ICW and he was, you know, um, in the zero G division and whatnot. And he was really mechanically good and he had interesting matches that made sense then, you know, and he was like a real, standout performer and you could see him being a star but then he like in PCW he seemed to like fall into a bit of a comfort zone um, like with his routine and like you know working over he used to use the what they called the champagne super knee bar then and uh, he would like work over for that which was all well and good but then sometimes he would like have these matches and he wouldn't even work the leg and then he'd just go for that finish and, and you knew it was kind of rinse and repeat you knew what you were going to get with him and a lot of fans there pegged him as like this mega star and I could never really like kind of see it much like Matt and and now I think is I, I mean I've kind of trained my brain to kind of switch off to his matches but if they're going to give him this like you know obviously cocky uh, underhanded character then hopefully that will give him an extra thing that people could latch on and one positive thing I will say that despite the like my kind of indifference to it there was a lot of fans around me that Either were unfamiliar with Noam Dar unless you were like a progress fan or indie fan or whatever, but they were like, "Oh yeah, that was that was a nice move that he did there, and that was good." And you know, so the people were like, the, at first they'd been a lot like myself and kind of indifferent to the match and like, "Oh, let's get through this kind of thing." But towards the end, they were like, "Oh, you know, this this guy's got something to offer and he's doing some nice moves, so I'll, I'll pay attention to this." So it's a nice nice match for what it was, like a nice way to like open the show and. I felt a little bit sorry for Travis. He's kind of lost some traction. I think he needs a bit of like kind of character development. I mean, we've seen in progress in places what he can do as a heel, and he just he just needs that extra layer. I think I think they're both mechanically like solid wrestlers, but they just need that extra something to connect with the fans. And 
hopefully in in Dawes case that this heel caravan might do that for him. Mm, yeah, I totally agree. I'm I'm quite enjoying Noam Dar's heel character of late. Uh, but I agree with what you're saying regarding Travis Banks. He just needs that uh, extra layer, um, that that little bit of a more more of a personality um, on on screen. Looks like a very well accomplished wrestler. And uh, going back to what you said about him in, in progress being a heel, I think that works a lot better for him. Whether we'll see a heel turn in the future is yet to be seen. Um, then we see. Cesaro backstage who has issued uh, an open challenge to anyone in the NXT UK locker room and it looks as though Ilya Dragunov has stepped up to take the challenge for uh, Cesaro's open challenge so with the next match it is Ilya Dragunov versus Cesaro now, for days we've been speculating about who Cesaro might fight in Cardiff and personally I was, I was pleasantly surprised that it turned out to be Ilya Dragunov uh, these Two both have a stiff, no-nonsense approach uh, when it comes to wrestling, and both uh, uh, are more than happy to take any sort of punishment that they're willing to dish out onto one another. In this match, Cesaro catches Dragunov in the corner, uh, simply to dump the Russian over the top rope and to the outside. Cesaro gets a two-count from a big body slam and a leg-drop combo. Dragunov then gets caught up in the ropes, allowing Cesaro to deliver his big swing uh, for what seemed like 20 or 30 big swings, and uh, the fans were thoroughly enjoying that. Got a massive ovation from the fans in Cardiff. Dragunov connects with a, uh, a swinging lariat for another two count. Uh, Dragunov then drops Cesaro down to the canvas, quickly following up with a well-placed dive through the ropes uh, on the outside before getting a two count from what seemed like a bit of a coast-to-coast, corner-to-corner drop kick there. Cesaro then hoists his opponent up into a grill press connecting with a, a knee on the way down before dropping Dragunov with a solid European uppercut. Then uh, th- th- this elicits uh, are you watching a Vince McMahon chance which I think happened two or three times throughout the night David. Uh, quite amusing chance but uh, yes uh, that was one of the chants of the night and uh, that was when the, the action was at its hottest and I think they were possibly aiming the chance because uh, Cesaro um, it was doing uh, such a stellar job last night against Dragunov that maybe it needs to be used a bit more on the main roster and we, I think we all know that that is the case. Dragunov then uh, drops Cesaro hard into the corner with a Death Valley driver into the turnbuckles. Dragunov off then attempts to capitalize on his efforts with a senton from the top rope um getting a close near fall in the process then Dragunov goes for his torpedo moscow only to be caught with a brutal pop-up european uppercut before the match ends with cesaro hitting his neutralizer finisher for the pinfall victory so that match uh looked as though it hurt um certainly it hurt Dragunov. cesaro re-entered the ring uh looking as though he was about to attack Dragunov for a second time only to shake his hands uh in a massive show of respect so uh, that was a really good match i think the fans loved it i certainly loved it uh, two really tough uh, hard-hitting wrestlers like I said at the beginning that don't mind taking a bit of punishment and dishing it out as well uh, David I'm going to start with you uh, Cesaro versus Ilya Dragunov um, usually these takeover shows whether it's the US version or the UK version normally have five matches but uh, this was a sixth match so I uh, added uh, an extra match to the card what were your thoughts on this one absolutely bleeping loved it um, you know it, it was absolutely fantastic. one of my favourite matches of the night it, it, along with the main event and it, it's hard to say whether like the tag match was better in, in its own way or whatever, but for me, I absolutely loved it. I was kind of wondering whether they'd mesh well together, but they both got that physical style, and I was so pleased for Dragunov that people got to see what he's really capable of. I mean, uh, people who have watched them in progress have seen the kind of killer matches that he's had with Walter, really physical, hard-hitting matches. And, you know, this was another one, like the Sid Scala match, where... I love these type of matches where even the loser wins 
because the person has built up so well in the match, the you know, the getting the offense, getting to be competitive, you know, everybody expects Cesaro to come in and win because it's his debut. But again, they made it look like right up until that last second that maybe Ilya might pull off an upset. You know, he's a fantastic wrestler, and I hope this leads to like a storyline or opportunities for him because you know he, he could be facing Walter again, and I'd be all for that if Cesaro doesn't beat him through that, which I'm, I'm imagining that's where they're going with this. And again, it was waking the sleeping giant for uh, Cesaro because he's been on that main roster and you know, to and fro and from tag teams to you know, whatever singles matches and things, and just just every time he seems to be heading towards that brass ring that he talked about you know, so long ago and everybody wanted them to see enter that main event field, he's, he's never really managed to make that final leap, you know, but um, hopefully on NXT, just like everybody else is, he'll be better utilised, so I absolutely love the match, I'm definitely going to go back and watch that again when I'm not so tired, at least once, and, you know, all power to both of them, that was fantastic, and I encourage everybody to check it out at least once. Definitely. I said on the uh, Takeover Cardiff preview show, the prediction episode a few days ago, that uh, Ilya Dragunov needed um, a star-making performance. And uh, I think this possibly was that star-making performance. It was great to have have him on a Takeover. Uh, Matt, I think you agree with my sentiments there, but uh, what were your your feelings on this match and the individuals involved? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I think I messaged you uh, as soon as the as soon as the yeah, the match was over, saying that that's pretty much what you were saying on the podcast last week that um, that he needed. Uh, but yeah, I really liked it. I, I was I was interested to see who would go up against Cesaro, and uh, you know, I think they they definitely made a really good choice with that. It was a really good match. So like with you mentioned about it being hard hitting, it looked painful. Um, my daughter was watching some of that with me, and. Um, and I've, you know, I've tried to explain to her in the past that, oh, it's, they're not really trying to kill each other. And um, she was sort of sat on my lap going, oh, they are hating each other. Look, that hurts. That hurts. So, um, you know, it was definitely, uh, definitely putting it across that way um, throughout the match. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I really liked it and, and agree with what David said as well, that, you know, even in loss, um, Dragunov looked really good in that match. And, um, you know, hopefully that's going to be something to, to, to propel him forward in the next few weeks. Definitely, definitely. One match we were all looking forward to going into TakeOver Cardiff last night was uh, for the tag titles. Um, So, as we're all aware, Webster and Andrews fought their way into this match with wins over Mark Coffey and James Drake on previous episodes of NXT UK, setting up what uh, is being billed as a a kind of a true Cinderella story for the boys uh, from South Wales. So, it was obviously Gallus versus the uh, South Wales subculture, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, versus the grizzled young veterans, so David's favourite tag team. Uh, so uh, just want to get your thoughts, kind of uh, you, uh, your expectations and your feelings going into this match, starting with yourself, David. What, what were your thoughts on this three-way tag match um, ahead of last night uh, before the match took place? Um, it, it's funny, you know, uh, that I should actually overlook the fact that it was in Cardiff and these are boys done good, you know, with... Uh, Flash and Mark Andrews, but uh, obviously I was biased and wanting the uh, the veterans to retain because I absolutely love their gimmick and I, I love the chance that you know inflicted upon them, shall we say? Um, uh, and it you know it was no exception last night, was it? I mean, we had the usual chance for Gibson and for James James Drake, and you know he, he's he's come along. I absolutely love seeing where he's come from, the Blackpool blondes, and he's you know he's physically reshaped himself he's having like fantastic matches whether it's singles matches he had the other week against flash to build 
this, you know, match that was coming up at their takeover, which was a really good match in itself, and you had all of the different elements of the teams outside fighting amongst themselves. I really enjoyed the match. It really kept me guessing again, uh, you know, who was going to win. And even towards the end, it looked like Gallus might sneak in the back door while everybody was focused on the Welsh boys and the grizzled young veterans, you know, battling it out and maybe steal a win, you know, it was kind of starting to look like that. But, um, you know, a fantastic feel-good moment for Wales who, you know, absolutely exploded at the result. And uh, I've you know, I've, I've met um, Mark Andrews and Flash, but I've, I've, I've met Mark Andrews a few more times and it, they're absolutely, you know, lovely fellas and it's fantastic to see them, you know, getting their first, you know, big um, championship belt on, on a, like a NXT or NXT UK and, you know, it, I, I'm really looking forward to where they go with this, like with the tag team division and hopefully they'll build even more teams to, you know, come up against them, but never overlook the veterans. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, some of the key spots during this match, um, because it was was one hell of a match. Um, the fresher team of Wolfgang and, and Mark Coffey, they, they were kind of uh, they they were considered uh, fresher, uh, not being involved in all the action until more towards the end. But the fresher team of Wolfgang and Mark Coffey combined well uh, with a nice bit of offense, uh, which doesn't last for too long as the Welsh lads um, hit their running knee and poison Rana uh, for a close near fall. And the fans are really starting to get excited for what could be. Uh, Coffey then gets bundled to the outside before Andrew hit, Andrews hits a shooting star press from the top turnbuckle onto the heels on the outside. Mark Andrews then reverses a suplex from Gibson into a stun dog millionaire allying Webster to drop a cent on from the top, getting another close near fall in the process. Uh, James Drake then connects with a drop kick in the corner. Gibson hits a helter skelter and Drake drops his 450 splash for another close near fall. And uh, Andrew's kicking out with only millimeters to spare on that exchange. Things then break down in the centre of the ring uh, between all six superstars until Wolfgang catapults Webster into coffee with Webster managing to hit a destroyer. Uh, then with Wolfgang hoisted up onto Gibson's shoulders on the outside, Drake comes crashing through the ropes with a huge dive turning Wolfgang uh, inside out with their own version of the Doomsday device. Andrews then hits a, a double stun dog millionaire onto James Drake and Zach Gibson. Webster connects with uh, I think it was a 6.30 in the corner but as the referee goes to count for three Gibson pulls the ref to the, to the outside, risking disqualification for his team. Uh, the grizzled young veterans then manage to hit their ticket to mayhem on Webster. But as Gibson goes for the cover, Andrews comes flying off the top turnbuckle with his uh, fall to pieces onto the back of Gibson. Andrews places his partner onto Gibson and the referee counts to three. So we have new NXT UK tag team champions in the form of the South Wales subculture in what was a very emotional uh, time in the Metro Motor Point Arena for the two local boys in an excellent match, uh, an electric atmosphere, a great moment. Um, and uh, yeah, from beginning to end, it was 20 minutes. So start with yourself, David. Uh, you were there. Fantastic match. Great atmosphere for the local boys. And it was a real good Cinderella feel-good moment uh, for the underdogs that had to fight their way into the match and, uh, yeah, put on the match of their life, it has to be said. Definitely. Uh, you know, you pretty much summed it up. Um, fantastic, uh, you know, moment for everybody, that in, whether they were, like, you know, from Wales or from outside. It's, uh, it's great to see this uh, young talent getting pushed as... NXT is, uh, you know, that's that's their forty to do. Um, um, disappointed for the veterans, obviously, but you know, I'm sure they'll bounce back in whatever way. Whether I, I can't see them breaking up anytime soon. Hopefully, like they'll stick together for a bit longer. Um, 
ironically, Helter Skelter just comes up on my screen and, and TV as I say that. But uh, yeah, but um, Gallus, uh, they, they seemed a bit like overlooked in the match. They did do some, you know, they, they weren't going to be flashy. They did some like meat and potatoes of the match, and you know, they didn't didn't need to be flying around. That was for like Mark Andrews and uh, and Flash to do, but. Yeah, fan, I really enjoyed it. Really good match. Um, kept the momentum going of the night. Of you know, you went from Cesaro and a physical match, and you got a much more high flying. You know, keep you guessing, kind of you know, a bit outside the ring, a lot, lot and inside a lot of high flying, a lot of sort of physical action, a lot of underhanded stuff as you'd expect from the GYV. But yeah, good stuff. Uh, Matt, what about yourself? I know that uh, I was messaging you after the match saying, uh, did it come across as loud on the TV as it was in the arena? Of course, I didn't know that you were watching it on a laptop. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, you must have caught the atmosphere and the vibe and the electricity um, from, from what you're watching at home. Uh, what did you think of the match? Yeah, you could, there, there was definitely a change in the atmosphere, even on the, the limited audio quality that I had. Um, you know, you, you could you could tell the crowd was really into it. I thought it was really well put together. Um, that you know, each team got to kind of show off what they could do. Um, I think with, with Gallus only kind of coming in bits in bits and bobs. I think it was like they were targeting the bigger team to keep them eliminated and and carrying on with it. And I think they they booked um, the high flyers quite well that they were taking a bit of a pasting, but then still being able to you know to kind of like spring their moves out of nowhere. And, you know, it was you know from start to finish it was put together really really well and I'm really pleased for for Andrews and, and for Flash for you know winning the belts and and then sort of you know going from there I think like David says I, um, Grizzle Young Veterans are a really really good tag team um, so I think they could you know this could run on for quite a while with a bit of a bit of back and forth between the two over the next few weeks or months um, and you know really looking forward to, to seeing where it goes. Yeah, definitely. And I think I had in my notes also that uh, uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans, they, they picked up the titles over the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions from TakeOver Blackpool from January. So they've held the championships for about nine months. And to be honest with you, they haven't, haven't shied away from competitors. They have been fighting champions. They've defended the championships um, in the States over WrestleMania weekend, as well as on uh, quite a few episodes of NXT UK. So they have been fighting champions and they probably one of, one of the smoothest tag teams uh, around at the moment they do combine very very well especially with some of their double team moves and their tandem offense but uh, um, yeah I'm sure that's not the, the last we've seen of GYV as the NXT UK tag team champions but uh, yes it's uh, going to be a nice storyline now between them and uh, the, the South Wales subculture so it'll be interesting to see what happens from here. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I heard correctly, but at the end of the show, they announced that uh, uh, Grizzled Young Veterans uh, will possibly be getting a, a tag title rematch as part of the tapings that are happening at the moment. So we'll have to look out for that. Uh, but then we go into our next match, which is a last man standing match. Uh, the, the Bomber, Dave Mastiff versus... Joe Coffey. So this match starts uh, on the ramp with uh, Mastiff attacking Coffey with a chain. Um, I, I say ramp, it wasn't really much of a ramp as David explained earlier on. Then Mastiff launches Coffey into the turnbuckles, causing the top rope to come away from the ring posts, um, allowing Mastiff to use the turnbuckle with the rope as a weapon. Uh, not sure whether that was planned. It possibly was planned. I'm sure they loosened all the ropes uh, before this match. Uh, all I know is that, that Coffey hit those turnbuckles damn hard uh, when the top turnbuckle came away, of course. 
Coffee then hits Mastiff with a pool cue uh, before emptying a bag of goodies from underneath the ring, including pool balls, a cricket bat. Uh, he pulls out a table as well. So uh, they had all manner of gimmicks under the ring. Coffee then breaks a, a pool cue over the back of Mastiff. Mastiff then wallops a, a cricket bat over the back of Coffee, not once but twice. Coffee then spears Mastiff through a table that was uh, set up or propped up against the barrier at ringside. Mastiff then repeatedly whips Coffee with the chain that he brought to uh, the ring with him earlier on before getting another table from underneath the ring, which soon gets destroyed as Mastiff drives Coffee through it with a running cannonball. The brawl then goes into the fans with stiff steel chair shots from Mastiff and uh, best for the Bell's lariat from Coffee. Then both men run at each other with steel chairs in hand. Uh, The match then progresses to the announce desk or the announce area with a uh, Death Valley driver on the desk before both men move up to the gantry uh, just above the desk where the the pre-show was presented from earlier on uh, before Coffee delivers a headbutt to Mastiff sending both men crashing a good 10 feet down onto the boxes and travel cases down below. Both men are trying to get to their feet as the referee gets to about nine in his count and then Coffee kicks a travel case away causing Mastiff to fall to the floor on the count of 10 giving the victory to Joe Coffey. So this was a brutal match from both of these two uh, big balls, these brutes, uh, and I was lucky enough to be right up uh, close to the action, especially around the action near the announce desk uh, for the conclusion of this match. And I know, David, I'm going to start with you. I know that you were up close and personal with a lot of the action, especially when they were battling with the steel chairs and whatnot. Uh, uh, this wasn't exactly TV PG, uh, but what were your thoughts on this last man standing match, David? Well, I'm going to have a guilty admission first and foremost, and like a few people because of a, a sort of kind of short build with it, I kind of treat like, like it wouldn't be uh, a fantastic match, and and I went out for a hot dog. But when I came back, the the ropes were off, so I'm like, what the hell? But then I'm thinking it's a Dave Masters match, and this has happened on the Indies with him before, so um, you know, part of the course. Um, unfortunately, from my vantage point, I couldn't see a lot of the action he explained with the pool cues and whatnot around the ringside area. But once they came over that barrier and towards my you know, area of seating. Uh, I, I mean, we kind of knew, we telegraphed a bit by where the cameras were that they were coming our way, but, you know, they're the, the literally battled right past me, and obviously I put, like yourself, I put Facebook videos up of them clashing with the chairs and fighting onto the table, and I, I think it was actually, a, like, a sort of a Finley Road, like, crash that they, they did on the table, actually, and then the spot, obviously, off the, um, the staging area, but... They're, they're really like, you know, considering I, I only saw, like, I missed the, probably like the first third of that match, and they're, you know, they really brought us into the match, they really made an interesting match. Little, little deviations on tried and true things that we've seen in, you know, kind of last man standing matches elsewhere, like NXT with Gargano and Champer, and, you know, and, and it made it for another really entertaining match that up the game for that event, and, and you know, and made it interesting. I was, I was a little bit concerned before because I thought like it, it would have been better if they'd done something because they originally had like Gallus having a bit of a feud with uh, the Hunt and Dave Mastiff and I thought that might have made for an interesting like elimination style uh, like brawl all over the place you know and that could have been interesting for the Welsh crowd obviously with um, you know the likes of Wild Ball being from there but what they did in a singles match together you know they really put on an entertaining show for the fans and I really enjoyed it. Mm, definitely uh matt what about yourself this last man standing match uh, it delivered as far as i was concerned what about you yeah i really liked it and, and i think um actually by by being at home and watching it, i probably had a, a, a good vantage point for all of it more yeah. more so than you guys maybe um but yeah it was 
it was hard hitting from the start. I think when when the like the top rope broke, there was that kind of like momentary pause, and you know I'm still not sure if it was meant to happen or not. But you know they quickly got on with it, and um, but yeah. They, but then when it went outside, like with the the Paul Q shots and the and especially the, the cricket bat shots from uh, oh yeah. You know, I, I was wincing. I'm pretty sure my shoulder and kidneys hurt after them as well. So, um, but yeah, but it was good. I mean, they did, you know, they did something different with it, which is, you know, what as wrestling fans, we always moan that we want to see more of, um, you know, so like we, you know, using the cricket bat, use what they did on the outside, um, charging each other with steel chairs, stuff like that. You know, it's all just a little bit different. It's not just rehashing the same thing. Um, and again, going back to what David said earlier and like with the Dragunov match, um, even in losing, it didn't really make Mastiff look weak, especially the way they actually finished the match as well. Um, so, yeah, so it was good. I think it's worked, worked well for both of them, um, especially as, you know, you're looking for the next the next challenger to Walter and stuff like that. So, you know, you've got these big brutes that, you know, potentially could give you a really different style title match as well. Mm, good point. Good point. Yeah, excellent match. And, yeah. Uh... Uh, there were there were one or two people around me, especially when the brawl started around ringside area, and they were using the weapons and uh, the, the, the tables propped up against the barrier. There were a few people around me that were getting their phones out and opening up their WWE app and watching it on the network uh, just to see what was going on around the ringside area. So uh, they could have done with the big screen that was at the uh, the top of the entrance to have kind of played uh, what was uh, showing on the network during those moments. Uh, because uh, yeah, certainly if you were on the same level as me and Dave, you, you didn't really have a, a bird's eye view of what was going on down below but uh yeah it was a, a fantastic match and um the, the thing i liked about this show uh and i know we've still got two matches to talk about but every match was different um every match had its own feel and its own vibe and style and i think you get that a lot from takeover matches whether it's a, a takeover from the us or from the uk you do get different matches um, and uh, one criticism from uh, for, for AEW and probably the AEW fans are, are going to kind of uh, roll their eyes at me. But um, having just reviewed All Out from last night, just about every single match on that was was pretty much the same with the same spots, uh, the no selling and, uh, you know, the unnecessary risk taking. Um, every match seemed very, very similar, whereas every match last night did have their own footprint. Uh, which was refreshing. Then we get a glimpse of Welsh uh, wrestling favourite Tegan Knox uh, in the front row, having just fully recovered from uh, a knee injury suffered at last year's Mayan Classic. Uh, it was later announced that uh, she'll be making her NXT UK debut at the Cardiff Tapings over this weekend. Uh, another welcome addition to the already stacked women's roster on NXT UK. And I've said time and time again that the NXT UK women's division is possibly the best um, under the WWE banner and possibly one of the best uh, 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 rosters uh, of women in the world but adding Tiga Knox to it is definitely a welcome addition and uh, you can kind of fantasy books so many fantastic matches there with Tiga Knox against the likes of Kaylee Ray or or uh, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Piper Niven. But speaking of Tony Storm, that brings us to our next match, which is for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Uh, current champion Tony Storm going up against Kaylee Ray. So, out of all of the matches on uh, the Takeover card last night, this is the one that had probably the best build to it, in my opinion, largely because of Kaylee Ray's um, excellent 
microphone work, her excellent promo ability, appearing to have won the war of words and getting inside the head of the champion before the match even started last night. Um, so before we start talking about the action in the ring, kind of what were your thoughts going ahead, uh, going into this big championship match? Uh, certainly with the, the build and the promos from Kaylee Ray um, and kind of the psychological warfare from Kaylee Ray in particular. Starting with you, David. Um, this was obviously a match you were looking forward to. You're a big fan of Tony Storm. I think we all know that. Uh, but uh, how excited were you and what were your thoughts going into this one? Um, I'm a big fan of both women, to be honest with you. And, you know, if Tony was going to drop the belt, then I'm glad it was to somebody with, you know, her ability. Um, I, I wasn't surprised, unlike the, the, the tag team match earlier, that the title changed hands. I mean, obviously, Tony's been champion since the back end of January, you know, so or whatever it was. And so that you're talking about seven months that she's had that belt. Um, where she goes from here. I mean, as you said, when speaking about the promos, it's it's never been uh, Tony's strongest suit. I think that's a part of a game that she still needs to work on, but she's 24 years old. I mean, you know, imagine how good she's going to be by the time she's 34 and, and a whole game. But uh, yeah, uh, last last night, uh, it was a little strange for me in the well, going, in, going into the match, it was a little strange for me, like the way they built that match. Um, it, was, it was like Tony seemed to like dominate a lot of it but um it, it just seemed a bit out of like nowhere i mean there was like times when she had her in trouble and i found it a little weird as well because tony clearly came into that match with some kinesial tape on her shoulder and she, and i thought they might like you know work that or whatever and it didn't seem to like she didn't like they didn't focus on that like you'd expect Kaylee to go straight for that you know because it's obviously a painted target on an opponent but I think she definitely won the match before she got in the ring. It's the typical, you know, nasty heel, underhanded tactics, you know, attacking Tony's family and background, and that everybody's left her and stuff like that. So hopefully this will like lead to a to a rematch between the two of them because these two could have a series, and you know, each one would be different and each one would be good. They've got so much experience in the past working with each other in different places, from Japan to the Indies and everywhere else. I'm actually pleased, as I said, if. if if Tony was going to drop the belt, obviously I'm disappointed for that. I'm not going to like make any secret of that. But you know, if she had to lose to somebody like Kaylee Ray, then that's ideal. And there's a lot of there's a lot of women on the NXT UK roster that are capable of being champion, but not always like fleshed out the characters enough. And in very short order, Kaylee has fleshed out a character. You know, of this you know um, friend that's been spited, and you know, feels like you know Tony's like ruined their friendship, and now she's going to ruin her by taking the, the shiny shiny the very most important thing to tony and you know it, it's been a great storyline that's been built in pretty short length of time but it's give people a reason to care about the match and you know for anybody that's not familiar with kaylee ray it's, it's kind of hot shot at that as well so i look forward to the next chapter of it and i look forward to see if tony's gonna like you know do something differently psychologically to kind of block out you know kaylee's mental tactics but it was it was a good match and a, a little bit of an odd finish I found because of the fact that Tony dominated uh, probably about two thirds of it, but a good match and and looking more on the, looking forward to more in the future. Yeah, just to go through some of the key spots of the match, uh, Kaylee Ray um, hits a, a, a curry bomb for a close near fall partway through the match. Uh, Kaylee Ray then hoists uh, Tony Storm onto the top turnbuckle, but it's Storm who ends up hitting a German suplex, bringing Kaylee Ray off the turnbuckles from the from the middle rope down to the canvas. 
Tony then uh, hits a, a low pay onto Kelly Ray on the outside. Kelly Ray then delivers an, an excellent flip off the top turnbuckle onto Tony Storm on the outside with Kelly Ray connecting. Uh, but 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 not only just as she appears to kind of land on her land on her head almost, it was it was a flip off the top turnbuckle, but uh, it wasn't terribly well executed. Kelly Ray very nearly doing herself a mischief off of that move. Kaylee Ray then uh, drops a storm across the top rope before nailing her gory bomb finisher, hooking the leg and uh, gets to one, two, three. So it did kind of end rather, uh, uh, rather abruptly. Um, I think it was the, it only went about eight or nine minutes. So it's definitely the, the, the quickest match of the night. But uh, yeah, the one thing that struck me, certainly watching it back on the network this morning was, was, Tony Storm seems very emotional and was, you know, visibly seen crying during the match. And I don't know if that was because of the uh, psychological warfare going into it. Um, I did uh, read a, an interview that Tony Storm did a week or so back saying that she has been suffering with a, with an injury. I think it was a, a shoulder so that could be playing a part. So maybe the match was short because of that. Um, but uh, yeah, we have a new NXT UK Women's Champion. Uh, going over to y- yourself, Matt, first of all. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match and uh, the thoughts on our new champion? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the build for the match. I think, you know, like you said at the start, it's, um, you know, it had the most build out of all the matches. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, and I'm, and I'm quite pleased that Kaylee Ray's got the title, so much as someone that I've, I've followed for a long time. Um, but the, the match itself was a little bit odd. Um, I think, like, like David said, the finish was kind of out of nowhere and didn't really befit what had gone before it. Although the actual, you know, the actual finish itself, with like the Corey Bar onto the top rope and then following with another one for the pin, um, was, you know, it was, it was a good finish. But yeah, it just didn't, it didn't seem right. Um, I noticed as well, so like watching it, the, where Tony Storm was getting emotional um, when, when Kaylee Ray was slapping her at one point. Um, yeah, so potentially, the, you know, there might have been because she's injured that it might have been sort of like shortened and and that. But yeah, it just, it just seemed a bit strange, especially after how good the build was, that the actual payoff of the match wasn't that great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, David, uh, what did you think of this one? I know you covered it in, in, in some detail. Um, but uh, what were your thoughts on the conclusion of the match and uh, kind of the, the emotional aspect as well? I mean, I don't know if you noticed from your vantage point or having watched it back, Tony Storm getting quite emotional with the ring, whether that was part of the storyline or was she in pain or what do you think that was because? I, def- I definitely think, um, like, as you said, both said, that, that you know, with, if she has got a legitimate injury, which it certainly looks like she did, judging by the tape on her shoulder, that that's probably you know going to affect the brevity of the match. Um, I definitely think if the went and with this decision that it's just chapter one of probably a series of matches and probably going to have some type of stipulation thrown in there for a future match, whether that's going to be on the network or on a future you know takeover UK event or whatever. If we get that far with this feud, unless it moves on to other things, uh, like uh, Tegan Knox for instance. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to hopefully add another layer to Tony's um, out-of-the-ring character. I mean, you know, she's fine in the ring. She can, you know, get it done and have good matches and definitely very good matches in Japan and places like that. I've not really seen her have, like, a huge, like, great standout performance that I've, from what I've, I've seen that she can do. Um, hopefully this will be, like, you know, the start of... Uh, the mind game's not working so much anymore and you know when she does come back it's like a new kick-ass kind of 
Tony Stone take no prisoners and it has Kaylee on the back foot as you know every heel champion should be once the face comes back for retribution of you know you you um, kind of disrespected my family and now I'm gonna you know, take it out of your ass whether or not I get the belt back or not so hopefully that that'll be the next chapter and uh, you know looking forward to that and then we'll see where we'll go with Kaylee Ray's title reign from there hopefully she'll have a good run with the belt as Tony did and. You know, got a very, very strong division to back that up, and plenty of options for um contenders and you know people to be built. So, uh, looking forward to that as well. Definitely, definitely. So then we move on to our main event. Uh, now the match went uh, just over forty minutes, I think forty-two minutes, and uh, I think it, it blew everybody away. It didn't seem like it was a forty-two minute match uh, uh, because it didn't drag for one moment. Let me tell you that. But uh, it was current WWE UK champion Walter versus uh, the first ever UK champion Tyler Bate so this was another match that had an excellent build to it going into Cardiff uh, but so I just kind of want your, your thoughts I mean Pete Dunne wasn't in a match uh, for TakeOver Cardiff uh, nor was Trent Seven they've both been defeated by, by Walter with Dunne being defeated in New York over April and then Trent Seven uh, was defeated in a championship match um, I think at the Download Festival tapings but uh, David starting with yourself kind of what, what, what were your thoughts leading into this championship match um, I don't know if you were at Wembley last summer when Walter faced uh, Tyler Bate with the championship on the line but you've probably seen it back um, I mean, so going into it I was kind of thinking back to that match where it was a, a long drawn out match where Tyler Tyler Bate was uh, uh, the underdog once again in, in what was considered a David versus Goliath match. But uh, ahead of this match taking place, what were, you, what were your thoughts and what were your expectations? Um, well, it, it, a, lot, a lot of the time, as I said before, that a lot of these matches I thought they might have went in a different direction. I thought we might have seen Trent built up towards uh, you know a match with Walter by running through Imperium or... At one point, I thought they might have done the same. Like the, there was a kind of little early push for Jordan Devlin in that same respect, but unfortunately, he lost in the first step against the Alexander Wolf. You know, and anybody who knows the history of Walter and you know Jordan Devlin knows that they can have like thrilling matches. OTT fans know that. Um, but you know, Tyler obviously he's coming back. He's got the again revenge on his mind, you know, for the absolute tasting that he took from all of Imperium, especially Walter, you know, destroying them with those power bombs against the post and the apron and just absolutely decimating them. Uh, the match itself, oh my god, it was it was grueling and, and, and I, when I use the word grueling in the absolute best way possible. It, it, there was actually a point where it was about thirty minutes in and, and it seemed longer to me but in a good way. Um but, you know, Tyler was taking so much of a pasting with those gunshot chops and everything else that Walter was dishing out, including mauling him on the ropes, like with his foot, how he does when he was on the top rope. And it, I got to the point where I actually said out loud, you know, please stop killing these corpse. Because he was taking an absolute thrashing in that match and he wondered when he was going to get, you know, the, the comeback. And it was an absolute war of attrition, you know, and, and an absolute blinder of a match. And... Uh, I put as much on Facebook that you know any wrestling fan, regardless of whether you you know your preferences are AEW or Impact or whatever, you know go and check out that match. It, it was a fantastic build. It was a fantastic story. You know the underdog battling back against this behemoth of a champion. You know that seems unstoppable and has an Imperium behind him. He didn't have any interference from either the factions of British Strong Style or 
Imperium or anybody like that, which, you know, really let you focus on, on the match. And, you know, Tyler took the absolute whipping that I've ever seen him take, and uh, that covers quite a bit of ground in different matches. And Walter just seemed to be out to end any, like, you know, discussion of him even having a chance. And it was absolute war, and I absolutely loved it. Mm. And Matt, uh, I know that you've seen Tyler Bate wrestle for a number of years, uh, kind of on the local indie scene. And uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, obviously, he's come a long way in the last few years under the uh, WWE banner, the NXT UK banner. But uh, going into this match, what were your kind of expectations? Um, what were your thoughts with these two individuals? Um, I was expecting a good match. I was, I was definitely expecting interference one way or another, and I thought that's how they'd probably sort of like bring the match to an end. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised when you didn't get any of that, and it was just literally a slugfest between the two of them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've I've been fortunate to have seen Tyler from pretty much around the time of his debut, um, and like how he's developed, and it's just it's just phenomenal. And, and there's so much in the match last night. Just the you know, I, I I like to watch like how people move around the ring and stuff like that. And you can't really fault, fault Tyler and you know the way he bumps and sells. Uh, I think it was the first like proper big slap that um, that Walter connected with on the outside, and just watching the way that that um, that Tyler crumpled and kind of like just fell back into the ring apron and stuff like that. It's, you know, technically it was it was such a quality quality match, and there's there's so much with Tyler as well that he, you know he reminds me. Um, you know, there's a lot of like similarities, like Shawn Michaels in like the way that he sells, the way that he carries himself around the ring. Um, obviously, did like the the kip up as well when it, after getting beaten down and selling the back injury, which is something that Shawn always used to do. So, um, but yeah, I, mean, I was just blown away by, it. and I, I I didn't even realise it was a 42 minute match until you've just mentioned it now. Um, yeah. You know, something I'll definitely be watching again, um, probably several times. Um, yeah, I agree with David as well. That there was there was a point where it's like, oh, just just finish him now. Just you know, put it put it to bed. Stop killing him. And uh, you know, it just kept going. Yeah, so, uh, there were so many layers to the match, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it just showed off both guys as well. Um, sort of like you know, it's Tyler's strength, resilience. Um, you know, he got plenty of offense in as well, so he gave Walter a chance to kind of show, you know. You know, well, you know, doesn't show what it takes to be him, you know, what it takes and you still can't beat him. So, you know, definitely cements him as being, you know, a really strong champion. Yeah, I mean, some of the punishment that Tyler Bate took, I mean, he, he, t- he took a power bomb to the edge of the ring apron. He, he took a power bomb to, to the ring post. Um <laughs> Tyler Bate did fight back with some some blows. He, he kind of clubbed Walter to the ear once and to the jaw. Uh, he, he didn't have the strength to lift his larger opponent onto his shoulders, so he was kind of obviously struggling with his back. And I think that was kind of the, the story that Tyler Bate was selling and, and, and telling for the whole match was his, his back injury. Um, Walter did get a two count from a, an earthquake splash uh, before swatting Bate to the canvas with two almighty chops. And I think you you referenced the, the chops and the blows that uh, that Bate took earlier on. Bate did try to fight back, but Walter chose to place Bate across the top turnbuckle with one of his patented moves, uh, placing his massive boot across the face and the chest of Tyler Bate. Uh, but, but Bate at this point is just fighting on adrenaline with he does strike back with several you know forearm uppercuts uh bait gets uh, 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 some chops uh, he get chopped sorry he gets chopped by walter out of out of air out of midair allowing walter to apply a boston crab he transitioned it into a cross face and then a neck crank uh before bait is finally able to get to the ropes to break the hold uh that there's 
several failed attempts from Tyler uh, to uh, get Walter into a vertical suplex, but he does manage to hit the suplex in the end. Uh, Bates uh, manages to execute an exploder suplex in the end. Uh, he gets a two count for a running shooting star press. So there's so much action um, in this 42 minutes. The fans were really into it. That there's so many chants. Uh, this is wrestling chants and this is awesome. Um, Bates snaps uh, away at uh, Walter's fingers at one point. So taking a leaf out of Pete Dunn's book. Uh, the, the fans are really willing Tyler on to uh, overcome his much larger opponent. And there's some back and forth action with Bates refusing to give up. Um, even after you know, four or five huge chops to the chest, he, he kind of tries to fight back and he really hulks up and gets back to his feet. Uh, Bates does manage to power Walter onto his shoulders finally for a, a, what seemed like a, a burning hammer, I think it was. Uh, but Walter rolls to safety to prevent the cover from Tyler Bates. Bate then nails Walter with two consecutive dives to the outside and manages to execute a, a delayed bridging German suplex, getting a two count in the process. Bate eventually connects with his Tyler Driver 97 uh, with Walter just kicking out. Uh, Bate gets another two count from a corkscrew planter off the top turnbuckle. Uh, Bate then delivers uh, lefts and rights. However, Walter chops and boots uh, Bate back down to the canvas before clamping on a sleeper, uh, which Bate somehow powers out of. Walter then nearly kills Bates with a half-and-half half suplex on the ring apron, uh, but Bates still manages to kick out after a big splash from the top turnbuckle. Bates then kicks out of Walter's powerbomb uh, on the on the one count, uh, which, uh, yeah, that kind of got everybody up onto their feet. But even with that rush of adrenaline, it wasn't enough to combat the next move, which was a huge running lariat from Walter, turning Bates inside out. Walter then covers, hooking the leg, and gets to pinfall to retain his WWUK champion. So, uh, like I say, my commentary does not give the match, uh, does, does not do the match any justice at all. It went 42 minutes. It was an incredible match. Um, and... Um, you know, it kind of set out a challenge to any promotion out there, to be honest with you, to say that NXT UK is to be taken seriously in that main event. Uh, definitely uh, puts NXT UK on the map if it wasn't already. But uh, Matt, I'm going to start with yourself. That main event, it, it, it was incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it had everybody believing at one point that Tyler Bake could do it. Uh, but Walter, he's just a, a different beast altogether. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult to, to do it justice, really. So if, if you haven't seen it, go and see it. Pay you know, pay nine ninety nine for a month of the network just to watch that match. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be well worth your money to do. Um, but yeah, it had everything. You know, it had sort of like technical wrestling, it had hard hitting, a little bit of high flying, it had all the drama, it told a story. You know, it ticks every box that, that us wrestling nerds really want to see in a match. Um yeah, and, and then if, if you look if you look back over sort of like some of the other um, UK championship matches, so obviously like Tyler Bate against Pete Dunn, and then Pete against Joe Coffey, Pete against Walter, then then this one, you know, you know, just that handful of matches are all have all been absolutely top draw. Stella, and, and, yeah. yeah, and uh, as an example of what the like, you know the UK or European wrestling scene can offer, you know, what what better what better advert do you want than that? Definitely. And David, what about yourself? Uh, uh, not only about the match, but kind of the message that NXT UK sent out to the rest of the wrestling world last night. Definitely. And I mean, you know, all night long we had, are you watching Vince McMahon? But maybe are you watching Chris Jericho? Because, I mean, he said on Twitter, uh, jokingly, I'm sure, and then just the usual, you know, winding everybody up that uh, Chris Jericho does so well. 
um, that he didn't know anybody on the NXT UK roster. Well, I hope he knows them now because, you know, Walter couldn't and Tyler Bate couldn't have given any more of themselves. You know, the, uh, it even got to the point as deep as both the movesets can run that I was kind of like, what else can they do to each other? And it also reminded me very much of a different style of wrestling, very much the, you know, the fighting spirit style of um, New Japan where you've got two wrestlers absolutely uh, abusing each other and it's basically like can you take this abuse and you know and as Matt said that Tyler sold it so well you know yeah. and, and just you just absolutely felt for him to the point where fans towards the end were just like just finish him you know just get it over and done with you know but uh, absolutely stupendous match uh, great storytelling great selling as Matt also mentioned you know um, I didn't get to see a lot of what Tyler did from my vantage point when it comes to the mannerisms and whatnot. But if, if you know, if, if Matt says that it's Shawn Michaels, I mean, what higher praise can you get, you know, for the, the, the king of, you know, selling and mannerisms and just the little nuances. And I think that's that's what makes, like, NXT and NXT UK special. The, the think about the little things that, that you know, not, not necessarily the main roster has time to even consider, you know, like, they've got the time to build these events. They've got the, you know, there's five or six NXT events a year. There's even less with the takeover. So you've got that time to build things and let things breathe. But it's the little things in the matches and the, the character, the, the the little selling points and what Tyler did in that match and the, the little things that make you connect with these characters, you know, whether it's, a, you know, a Marcel Bartel being a, you know, complete jerk and these, and these sneering mannerisms and the little things, the humanisms, if you will, of, of these matches and, uh, that help the fans connect with these people instead of just wrestler A versus wrestler B in black trunks, you know. Absolutely stupendous match. None of us can do it justice in words. You need to watch it. Mm, definitely. And uh, Tyler Bates, his performance last night was out of this world and uh, the punishment he took and the, the effort that he gave. Um, and as you both said, the selling was just phenomenal. And I think if you've got any young up and coming wrestlers, not that I'm an expert at all, but I think if you go out and watch that match and watch Tyler Bates work last night and, and his, his effort, his performance um, and the selling, the body language, the, the mannerisms, um, he has it all there. And was he 22, 23 years old? Imagine how good he's going to be in five years' time if he's already that good now. It's just mind-blowing. Um, let, let's hope that he sticks close to uh, to Triple H or to Jim Smallman because they certainly know how to use him uh, behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, a fantastic main event. Couldn't have asked for any more. And, uh, yeah, uh, an excellent, excellent show. So uh, just overall, kind of sum up uh, the night as a whole, all six matches or eight matches if you include the pre-show, your experience at uh, in the Motor Point Arena, David? Um, it was a smorgasbord, and, and it's like every good event. Uh, I think wrestlers and fans say the same thing. You know, uh, it should be like a, a tidal wave of momentum where you have a, a, a nice opening match that gets the crowd that, that you know used to the kind of atmosphere that we're going to have. And we had a really good crowd for that. Like all night, they managed to stay energetic for you know a, a, a long evening, and uh, how these shows can be, what including the pre-show and everything else. But and you know you had different styles of matches you know, from high flying in the you know the tag team match to absolute like you know uh, brawls with uh, Mastiff and Coffee and you know, just all different styles and then you had the emotional match of the women's championship match you know can Tony overcome these mind games apparently not this time but you know and it, 
And the good thing as well, again, another strong point of NXT is it leaves you wanting more, whether it's American or UK or, or even Wales. Um, you know, you, you have sat up for NXT takeovers, and just like years ago when we all used to set up for WWE pay-per-views, it ends and you want more. You know, you, you're waiting for the next week, you're waiting for the next takeover, you're looking forward to it. Now you, you sit through a pay-per-view on the main roster and it could be a WrestleMania that's running 8 and 10 hours and you, you feel like, oh, well, that's 10 hours of my life I'll never get back. There might have been like two three good matches or something like that. But this one, there was no, like, oh, well, let's just phone it in and just get through it. Like, everybody, like, gave a good performance. Everybody stepped up their game, whether it's character-wise, selling-wise, match-wise, and sold the stories and sold the key points of them and left the fans wanting more, and that's exactly what you want to achieve. Mm, superb. And Matt, uh, your kind of overall thoughts, uh, your final thoughts on the show from uh, Cardiff? Um, just fantastic, really. Um, you know, there's the couple of matches that... Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily looking forward to that much, but nothing really disappointed. Um, you know, the stuff that I was looking forward to, you know, went above and beyond, like the tag match and, and the and the top main title match were, you know, so far behind behind uh, beyond what I expected they could be. And you know, and I, to be fair, I did have quite high expectations for them. So, um, but yeah, it was like especially the main event. I was on the edge of on the edge of my seat watching that. Um, I was really glad I got, got the kids to bed by then, so I had some peace and quiet for 42 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely be watching the event again, um, and you know, looking forward to where storylines develop in the next few weeks as well. Now, on the back of it, definitely, no, a fantastic show. Uh, definitely a show that I could watch um, two, three, four times over and still not get bored with it. But uh, that pretty much draws an end to uh, this episode. One thing I do want to kind of say just to cap off that, I know that Pete Dunn and Trent Seven came out to uh, give Tyler Bate a, a drink of water and uh, uh, kind of a help up out of the ring and, and backstage. And that was a ni nice little touch from his uh, British strong style comrades there. But uh, yeah, really, really fitting way uh, to finish the, the, the match and to finish the show. Um, but um, yeah, I, I can't wait for them to bring another take UK takeover. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll definitely be getting tickets for that. And Matt, we'll have to drag you along as well. Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, all, all being well, I can, uh, I, I can make sure I'm available for the next one. Definitely, definitely. But uh, thank you, guys. I really appreciate your help. Um, before we go, do you, I know we did a, a bit of a plug session earlier for yourself, Matt. But uh, uh, David, Matt, uh, do you have any social media that you want to throw out there to our listeners in case they want to get in touch with you and say hi? Uh, Matt, have you got any social media? Uh, I've got social media. I can never remember my, my uh, addresses. I think uh, Twitter and Instagram. I think I'm at MattMatt316. Correct. Um, no idea why I've chosen that. Um, <laughs> But, um, and then obviously on Facebook, I'm normally normally popping up in the Wrestling with Johnners page anyway. So um, you can always always find me through there and and reach out and and have a chat or tell me I'm wrong or tell me I'm right, whatever you want to do. Excellent. And uh, David, do you remember any of your social media uh, handles? Uh, I, I know I'm Mega Maniac on Twitter. I'm very rarely on there, but just occasionally, more commonly find me on Turn and Heel where we talk yeah. about like you know the different elements of the business and what's annoying us and what 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 we love as well much like you know wrestling with Jonas as well you know and we kind of like have a little back and forth between both pages and you know try and help each other out and build this great thing that we call wrestling and uh, 
aside from that, uh, NXT generation for people who want to like you know see what's going on in the wacky world of NXT and NXT UK and just you know the comings and goings and the hirings and the firings and you know and everything that comes from the gold brand and very very occasionally I might be posting the odd picture on Tony Stone Unleashed. So, yes, yeah, fans. that's building a good follow. That's building a good following, isn't it? You got uh, a good number of followers on that page already. Yeah, um, a, a very, a, a very different group on there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we won't go into what. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, <laughs> uh, so so if if you do watch the, uh, the the network special of NXT UK from Cardiff last night, uh, just look down the left hand side of the aisle by the entrance, and you'll see uh, some some very handsome guy there with a baseball cap and a wrestling with John's T-shirt shirt that occasionally hangs over the side to annoy the wrestlers as they're making their entrance and I did get caught on camera once or twice uh, so uh, look out for me there um, but uh, it's, it's been lovely having you two on the podcast, it's the first time that we've done a uh, kind of a three-man booth with David and Matt uh, so uh, thank you guys, really appreciate you helping out with the podcast tonight Absolute pleasure to be on as always John Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much not the last one <laughs> no it will not be uh but uh, there we go so keep it tuned to the wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly nxt and nxt uk updates uh, and if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast please don't forget to spread the word tell your friends and tell your family and let's get even more people listening to the wrestling with Jonas podcast i'll be back again on friday where i've got dan grantham with me as a special guest host and we'll be talking about nxt and nxt uk and i think nxt uk this week will be the uh, the, the, the pre-show matches that were recorded ahead of TakeOver Cardiff, uh, featuring uh, Sid Scala and Cassie Sono, as we mentioned earlier, and Piper Niven versus Rhea Ripley, so lots of good action to look forward to there. Uh, on NXT, I believe this week, Adam Cole is going to be putting his title on the line um, against Jordan Miles, so that should be uh, another fantastic match to look forward to. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend. What's left of it? Uh, go out and check our AEW All Out review with uh, Chris Thornton and myself, which dropped earlier on this afternoon. Another good listen there. But uh, thanks to Matt, thanks to David, and thanks for listening. And uh, catch up with you all again soon. <laughs>